Hey everyone, welcome to the Desuckify Work Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Mark DeMassimo, co-founder and creative chief at Digo Brands, the positive behavior change agency. Digo is the world's first creative agency focused exclusively on promoting better habits by building brands and businesses using positive behavior change marketing. I think desuckifying work falls under the positive change category, and we spend a lot of time talking about that. In fact, this is our longest episode to date, chock full of desuckified goodness. We talk about the value of curiosity and how it helped Mark survive the ego-crushing early days in his career. And we talk about the role of belief and faith and suffering in the work world. And we talk about how work can feel like torture and why that can either be tragic or transcendent. This discussion has already created some positive behavior change for myself, as I'm more motivated than ever to make this desuckify thing happen. I hope you come away feeling the same. Okay. Well, Mark DeMassimo, welcome to the Desuckify Work Podcast. TJ, awesome. So happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad to have you here, Mark. I think we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, uh, Desuckify sounds like exactly the project that I would love to do, get better at every day, you know? So, and I've got, of course, ideas. So, yeah, we can talk about a few experiments that have worked. Awesome. Well, I think we'll get into all of it. And uh, before we get into anything too deeply, I'd love to give you a chance to introduce yourself to everyone who's listening. Some may know you from the world of advertising, but I'd love to kind of hear you know, how you got to where you are today and then what you're really focusing on right now. Oh, boy. When you ask me how I got to where I am today, first off, it's a, it's getting to be quite a long history. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got I'm challenged uh, to, to keep it uh, to keep it uh, short. But, okay. you know, um, uh, I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up at this, you know, intersection of needing to live frugal, young parents, working class neighborhood, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, sort of um, the Colton myth of invention um, mm. in Edison, New Jersey. Yeah. In fact, yeah. we lived in South Edison, but my, my grandparents lived um on some of the the land that was first electrified by by oh, Thomas wow. Edison right okay. next to where he invented the light bulb where like that uh there's a tower with the light bulb on top right there oh that's so, cool you know I, I grew up in the shadow of that my dad was an electrical engineer and inventor mm -hmm. um uh, he speed dial folks who oh, follow nice. me on LinkedIn I've read about that re <laughs> recently and stuff among some other things that are a little more complicated to talk about but we had patents like you know hanging up hmm. so um you know i just i i just i loved that and i was even though my dad was an inventor he was sort of like a do the math go through the steps hmm. engineer okay and it became very clear that i was uh see the big picture go out in another angle creative <laughs> guy you know yeah and i just i just love this idea of of bringing this artistic and and inventor's mindset to life you know to the extent mm -hmm. that you know full of energy and naivete and 
probably, you know, high testosterone as a young person. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, you know, I just, I didn't see problems. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I'm sorry. I, I, I guess I didn't see uh, unsolvable problems. I just mm. saw opportunities to be creative. So nice. entrepreneurial, I was in mm. bands first. Like, why can't we go on the road? Why can't we win the battle of the bands? So what if we're not 18, you know? Uh, why why can't we get into that? Um, as as one of my good lawyer CEO friends says, um, uh, you, it's probably good you didn't become a lawyer um, because you're not a rule follower. Mm, so yeah. I said, you mean that I'm a criminal? He said, no, not at all. But you <laughs> you like to invent you like to invent your own set of rules. You like to, mm-hmm. you know, think about things that aren't rule bound, but are, but are, you know, but, but, but give you new ways to do things. So mm-hmm. I just was a creative person, but I wasn't like, I'm not somebody who watched 30 something or bewitched or any of those shows and said, I've got to be an advertising person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was somebody who looked at um, cult leaders and political leaders and religious leaders and door-to-door salespeople. Hmm. Um, And at some point it all came together and I said, they're brand builders, you know, they create their own worlds that, that are, that attract the people who, who want those values for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was just really fascinated by that. So you know that I I just was oriented toward it. I didn't know it at the time. I just acted that way, you know. Like mm-hmm. I drove my my poor Catholic mother crazy. I I invited, um, you know, I was I was the kid who like pushed my mom out of the way and say, "Sure, Jehovah's Witnesses, come on in. Let me see your slide <laughs> presentation." Oh, Thirteen years old, you know. <laughs> uh, so she's running for the crucifix, you know. And uh-huh. I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. I just want to see. What's the benefit? Uh-huh. Um, I met Mormon missionaries. My best friend was Dutch. He 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 works for Apple now. I don't know if the world's allowed to know that. But my <laughs> best friend growing up, he, you know, he was a crazy creative too, and he was from Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very interested in different perspectives. Um, so we we went on a trip to Holland, um, which I paid for by painting the whole house twice because my uh-huh. dad feel it looked right the first time. Um <laughs> And uh, I met some you know, nice Midwestern Mormon missionaries uh, there. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, absolutely call on me when I'm back in the United States. <laughs> I, I wanted to. And then I would I would like, corner my mom in the kitchen. And I'd be like, you know, if you want to know where you're going after and who you'll be with, mm-hmm. I've got a religion for you. And uh, if you want to know exactly, like, if you want to be certain about what's right and what's not. I've got another religion for you. They all have benefits. They all have different <laughs> benefits. Um, so I don't know. That I'm was sure that me. went over well. <laughs> you know, she. It's funny because she she taught like catechism on the weekends, but she taught mm-hmm. biology weekend. She was picketed mm-hmm. some sometimes because she would yeah. teach evolution. So mm-hmm. you know, she was she was the one like terrorizing me as a, a four. I had sisters, so I was the only boy. You know, mm-hmm. and. She, be like you need to know what a period is and no. i was like mom i'm poor can't you know yeah, uh, i think i can, think I can wait yeah <laughs> yeah so, so she she had she had size oh, that's you know, cool. sides yeah. and she 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 uh she was educated but i was a challenge to her i'm mm-hmm. sure 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that challenge. So I got into the I got into the ad business first mm -hmm. in direct marketing. Yeah. And um, you know, which was which was really interesting because you could create a whole brand and business in a single like print ad if you did mm -hmm. it right and people <laughs> would respond. Yeah. You know, or you know, or even a coupon or a television commercial. Um, but as I started working for bigger clients, I I got very frustrated with um the left brain like just rejection of of brand and advertising we were mm -hmm. basically just gifted brands that were developed by other people and yep. then we would try to just suck the money out of them by you know with, with, and I, I didn't want to play that game i yeah so I, what i found out was if i worked on the entrepreneurs accounts they needed all of it mm. you know Oh, that's and cool. So you could like, what's this brand about, and what does it look like, and how should they feel about it, and how do we sell? Mm. And I, once I got there, I didn't want to let any of it go. I want to do course. all of it, and that's how I got where I am. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a, a glut for all of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because I have some similar experiences. I definitely lived in the direct marketing world, and I get that feeling because there were times where it was very much sort of fed to you and yeah. you had to just kind of go with it but then you did occasionally get these opportunities where it was like oh i'm i'm building something and for for a yeah. kid who who was super curious and had an inventor father uh like i'm sure that's just suddenly like the light bulbs went off for you oh you to, know, to come yeah. back to the edison story <laughs> yeah you know yeah thank you yeah you, you pulled those themes together but i can see i i can see what makes you a great coach because you you just kind of nailed those con those connections uh you know in one one sentence but you're exactly right like it, it was addictive you know yeah because you have all of, you have those number moving parts and you've got that psychology mm -hmm. moving part and you've got the visual and you've got the words you got the timing mm -hmm. yeah all of these moving parts in your invention and yeah there's nothing and then there's something Mm -hmm. and, and you write sometimes indirect you can't you were like especially when when i was young i'm like i can't believe that they that they're letting me they're letting and me a couple of it. other folks here create this whole business uh -huh. you know big companies like at&t would come and they'd be like yeah we want to we want to create a whole new category of credit card that's is going to be both the phone card and it's going to be a um you know you're going to be able to get points on it and mm -hmm. you're be able you know, use it for, for various things and yeah, figure out what, figure out what it's about, what to say about it, what it looks like, uh -huh. all of it. Oh my God, this is a great game. Yeah. How often do you get to play such a kind of complicated, creative, fun game in life? And then you get measured, you know, did, mm -hmm. it, did it work? And if it works, you know, I, I actually, for, I, for the project I'm talking about, I came up with, I, I, um, you know, as part of the briefings, they said they made a decision that um, that they wouldn't charge an annual fee. Hmm. Um, and it was early on, you know, and now there are lots of no annual fee cards. But back, it was early on. Their lawyers basically said, if you say up front that you're not charging an annual fee, you can't come back later and start charging an annual fee hmm. at that time. Now, yeah. now lawyers have figured out what to do about that. Uh -huh. So I heard that in a briefing and then we were saying it's free. And so I'm sitting there and thinking, how do I beat it's free? Mm -hmm. um, 
came up with those, this, this, so it went back and, you know, got to the CEO of the company and said, since it, since you can't ever take this away, can't, can we say it's free for life? Mm -hmm. Because if, I mean, people will, people might even not even believe it's free, but if you say it's free for life, that's the pretty bold faced lie. If it's a lie, I don't right. know. I think people will, <laughs> uh, he, he said, sure, we could, we could test it. So I actually think, uh, so basically by day two, it was the second most held credit card in the country. So oh, wow. one, it really worked. Yeah. Um, it knocked down the AT&T's operator systems back mm. in the day mm -hmm. from people trying to figure out how to get it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was a really successful business for a couple of years. But I actually think that I may have bankrupted that business because they got enormous numbers of folks who, especially older folks, enormous numbers, and they could not figure out how to make money out of them. <laughs> they finally sold the they sold the whole thing to Citibank to figure oh, wow. out eventually. That's yeah. So, so yes, I learned <laughs> I learned a little bit about the business cycle there and about offers. You know, if you have a lost leader, you better have a, uh, yeah. a profitable follower you know yeah i mean it's interesting hearing you talk about all of that because it's not only interesting in, in and of itself as a story but i think you know when i when i'm coming from this perspective of desuckifying work like i hear the opposite of 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 sucky work in what you're saying like i hear your your excitement about it your curiosity about it your your wonder um and then even the learnings that came and it was like oh it was a good idea but then there was no way to make money of it. And it sort of gave you this bigger business perspective. It seems like that probably one made life interesting at the time, but two, as you, as you, you founded your own agency and you know, you, you suddenly, you had a lot more information to work with. You, you weren't simply a creative coming in and starting an agency. You were a creative who had learned some, some hard fought business lessons as well. Do you think that helped you along the way? I you look, I, I think I think absolutely. I, I I think, you know, um desuckifying work for an individual mm -hmm. is, you know, is it's an easier project and it's an easier mm -hmm. uh project to talk about than desuckifying work for everyone. Yeah. Because I could say, um, you know, if you have those values of not just being in your role, but but thinking about the context of your role and being a business person, mm -hmm. being a leader and all of that, that it will, it, it, it will desuckify work. I'm sure there are folks out there who are meant to be the writer, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they, they get no joy from, from taking these other perspectives that, mm -hmm. that, that I do. And, and I, I do think that we, we all have different generic genetics and we all have a different background and therefore we have, you know, different natural things that light us up. Right. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, I, I, you know, I grew up in a, in a time, you know, in place, um, you know, it's like, uh, the people the the, the people who are kids in world, world war two are, our parents, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, um, and, and some of them, you know, still traumatized or whatever. I had a guy who was a Nazi youth, not by choice, 
right. across the across the street because everyone yeah. else, all the older men died so they just came and took the 15 and 60 year olds and called them nazi youths and put them on the front oh, and uh this guy you know he's he's now gone so i i think i could say this publicly he was as dumb as a stump uh this yeah uh, this 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 poor guy but mm-hmm. but you know but he he cared and he tried but like you know the men are gone he's thrown up at the front first time he sees a british soldier he runs across and gives himself up mm. he's back in london and now he's he's on he's he's fishing unexploded bombs out of the thames wow average i looked this up average life expectancy 3 weeks he survived the rest of the war. Wow. He sent to the US. Um he is more or less immediately drafted and sent to Korea. Oh geez. Now at that time there's not a live war. So but he sent to Korea, mm-hmm. ends up serving 12 years, you know, so from and then he's just kind of released into into America. So these are the people yeah. I and then the Vietnam War is on television. Mm-hmm. And, and my parents are young and distracted my dad's reading his newspaper and the vietnam's war war is on Mm -hmm. i'm seeing like you know the second before somebody gets shot in the head when i'm nine and ten and there are arguments all around and i'm thinking as hard as i can um why do people do what they do how do people believe anything so strongly that they would kill or Mm -hmm. die for it Mm -hmm. you know because I'm going to get drafted and sent over there, you know, it's not even that long, you right. know, and it's, it, mm-hmm. I, and that, at that point it was less than 10 years away. Yeah. Um, so I needed to know, you know, how, how did anybody get that level of conviction? I sure didn't have it and, mm-hmm. or know how I could. So I got really fascinated by how people convinced themselves and, and what made people convincing. Hmm. Um, and so I think it was really a sort of an existential thing for me. How do, how do you create peace if you don't understand why there's not peace? Mm-hmm. And also, how do you how do you decide, uh, you know, because you don't know how long your life's going to be and you're not necessarily in charge. How mm-hmm. do you know what's worth dying for? And mm-hmm. God forbid, how do you know what's worth killing for? That seemed like impossible, especially mm-hmm. given I was being taken to church all the time and they were telling me do not kill do not kill yeah <laughs> uh, jesus was not a soldier uh, mm-hmm. so you know um so i needed to work this stuff out um and but you know the more i got into it the more i realized that for me there wasn't and there wasn't an answer about what ultimately to believe other than I, other than I believe that, um, that, uh, we're all on journeys mm-hmm. and we, we, um, gravitate to the things that fit our own idea of what the next level of development is for us. And mm-hmm. I think we do have some internal, you know, internal guidance if we can tap into it about what feels mm-hmm. like the right next step for us and all of that yeah and um you know there and there are a lot of stories that can inspire us or or distract us in a sense from our own mm. compass inner compass um so to some extent my my religion <laughs> became 
uh, brand building, you know, marketing. And yeah. I just became fascinated by all the stories and myths and mm-hmm. and how they connect to the to stuff. So yeah. So I'm, you know, work is desuckified for me because I'm so curious that if my ego early on, if my ego had to take a hit, I mean, look, mm-hmm. I'm I've met so many people who um at the, whatever the task at hand was, they were more talented or more accomplished mm-hmm. than I was, you know, especially mm-hmm. early in my career. I'd go to meetings. I couldn't even understand how people could have ideas on right. the fly when I first got there. <laughs> Things yeah. that are easy for me now are really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but God, I'd be so excited about their ability to create an idea mm-hmm. that I admired or create work that I admired you know, my, my love for the process, my love for great work, great solutions, and my love for learning made up for the suffering, for the mm-hmm. torture, of my ego being <laughs> regularly crushed. Oh, wow. That's um, interesting. And then when I got to seek out my own kinds of clients and stuff like that, basically said, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather suffer working for a visionary like Steve Jobs, um, mm-hmm. who I never, I didn't, uh except for indirectly ever get mm-hmm. to work for steve um, yeah i know some people so i want to make that clear i'm not claiming that mm-hmm. um i did i did work on some apple stuff well well uh well he was uh there but i didn't i didn't have that direct experience of him mm-hmm. yeah. um but um but still i said you know i'd ride i i i i because i believe in a sense there's no one right brand for everybody mm-hmm. uh, and and therefore it's not even rational you know in a sense it's or it's not wholly rational what a you know what a brand should be having somebody with a fantastic confidence in their irrational vision Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but pragmatic enough to make sure it's a vision that serves enough of a market that it makes i i want to learn from people like that i'd like to be someone like that so i Mm -hmm. think that was the other thing was you know I, yeah i want to be able to create brands i don't want to just write books or mm-hmm. write ad campaigns i want to be able to you know have that power of creating brands and businesses in the world because then i work for myself having having fun doing experiments working with the kind of people i want to work with yeah so that's if i'd work for me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah which you know i mean i think it comes through loud and clear right i mean i can hear it in, in your in your tone and in, in your excitement I, you know, it's really interesting to hear you, you know, sort of use this, this connection of, you know, brand sort of became your religion and whether you take that literally or not, I don't think matters as much as just religion as a substitute for um, the idea that it's just something that you felt connected to that made you feel bigger than just yourself in some way, right? It somehow took you out of simply being you and sort of feeling connected to the process of creation. You know, I mean, I hear that when you uh, talk about some yeah. of those stories, right? Um, the process of connecting with different people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. not simply working with 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 like minded folks. It's like I want to work with that person who seems completely nuts, but there's something there, you know. And yeah. I want to see what happens when we when we butt heads and see what happens there. I mean, I feel that, uh, and then I love the. The notion you mentioned about, you know, that it, 
it almost felt like torture. I think I saw that you had posted something and there was a quote from Seinfeld, find the torture you're comfortable with and you'll do well. And I, it really resonated with me and I'm sure it resonates with you because you posted it, but it's kind of like, that's, that's a bit of what I hear also when you talk about this being your religion, it's like belief and faith and all that, that's not supposed to be easy. Right. There is yeah, supposed to be some yeah. sense that it's like it's it's taking a lot out of you, but then it gives it back, you know, in, you know, multiple, yeah. you know, d d does that resonate for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because it's really it's really come up quite a bit. You, you, you've quoted from something I put on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. but it's really come up quite a bit in the LinkedIn conversations that I've, you know, I've had today and, you know, uh, someone responded to to that Seinfeld quote with a Bukowski uh, Bukowski quote: um, uh, "Find the thing you love and let it kill you." <laughs> yeah. And my response like, to that was like, you know, that. But it's interesting because I mean, I, I didn't write this long, but yeah. what I had in my mind was Bukowski started Catholic mm. and, and sort of trended toward, you know. Buddhism and end stage alcoholic, right? But mm -hmm. whereas, you know, uh, Seinfeld started, I, you know, I think um, sort of um, uh, uh, secular Jewish mm -hmm. and, and gravitated toward uh, TM mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. transcendence. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth. So I don't know whether he would identify as having, you know, uh, being, being Buddhist or anything like that. But clearly his ideas, and his his religion, if you think of religion as what you do, right, as mm -hmm. your rituals, yeah, um, is 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 that way. So it's interesting that they both came from someplace to this middle way. And there's definitely something in in Catholicism, you know, in the tradition mm -hmm. that where um, virtue comes comes from sacrifice, mm -hmm. and that sacrifice can be you know, can be bloody and, you know, it can mm -hmm. be like being killed by the thing you love. Right. Whereas that doesn't necessarily exist in, in Buddhism, which is about, you know, life is already torture. Right. There's not, there isn't for torture, right? You're finding the middle way. So different mm -hmm. cultures come out of a different way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of like it. I, I just saw today a, someone posted a monopoly campaign and I think it's from Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kids and it's 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 two parents and it's it every every ad is an image of a kid at the monopoly table crying like in some state of pain and it just it basically says learn patience you know <laughs> learn to lose gracefully uh -huh. you know and like every game worth playing um or by the way watching spectating mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the great, the ecstatic experience, it's a passion play. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not, all, it's not all joy. You know, Absolutely. if you're not, if yeah. you're not suffering for it, you're not really getting the experience. Yes. So what, what, what in your life is worth suffering for, you know, mm -hmm. not unnecessarily, but through the necessary parts, like yeah. what do you want so badly that you suffer when you don't get it or or that you'll suffer to get to. Yeah. It's very hard. It's easy for me to have ideas. It's very hard for me to um to kill my darlings mm. and simplify mm. all yeah. of that. I feel that. But 
gosh, when I do it or when I'm part of it, I love to have done it. You know, uh-huh. I love, yeah, I, I love nothing than the most elegant results on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't come out of what what's easy for me and gives me joy. Uh, yeah, hundred headlines easy and for I, me. Yeah, I think yeah, there's so much. One, that's the one that's hard. <laughs> there's so much. Uh, you know, the the sort of. I feel like we're in the midst of the sort of broader conversation around work and I would say life in general. We're sort of struggling with all of this. There's 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 probably one extreme that that might be like sort of what you might go to like toxic positivity where it's just like right only lean into the joy, only lean into pleasure like and and put a happy face on everything you can. And then there's sort of the other extreme which would be like nihilism and I think you feel a lot of that from people too. And, sure, yeah. and there's this yeah. sort of rich middle ground that I think we're those of us who are interested enough are playing in, which is where is that balance of I'm willing to work and, and suffer and feel pain, feel rejected um, in service of something. And, and I, I, that may be something that evolves over time. It may be something that you find when you're 25 and you just stick with it and try to grow with it. Um, and I love that 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 battle is sort of happening and it, it's interesting because in some ways I see it on LinkedIn and that's probably my favorite part of LinkedIn is that it's like everybody's coming at this battle in different ways and you learn a lot and I think you guys as an agency you've kind of landed in an interesting space right I mean you started as as this cool interesting hybrid of, of sort of direct and brand which is sort of a lot and, and in more recent years you've you've gone into this space of, of positive behavior change and um, which is a term that some people might be familiar with and others may not. So I'd love to hear your take on one, what is positive behavior change and, and what got you thinking that way in terms of the, the work you do for, for brands? Uh, thank you. Great. Uh, uh, great, great question. Um, uh, you know, you, if you're lucky, um, if you luck, if you're lucky, you work on the things that you want and need, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of a, a, arrived in adulthood, you know, call it 18, 19, 20, 21, mm-hmm. um, you know, far from finished, you know, I, how do I deal with my emotions? How do I deal with my anxieties? Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've noticed this about the you know about the a lot of the creative people that I've worked with that um, I like in the imagination my, you know I like in my imagination but I'm not trying to claim it as only mine I mean mm-hmm. well, a lot of creative directors I've worked with and for have have been this way too but I I think of our imaginations as like thoroughbreds. And you get on top of a thoroughbred and you don't know how to ride it and you mm-hmm. are dead. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're, you know, they get, they, be, they, they, they end up with anxieties and then panic attacks or they depress themselves because they can imagine in 3d technicolor, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever their emotions are leading them to imagine, which can mean they can scare the F out, you know, out of themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the way that's kind of, that's kind of the, I, so I was on the, you know, I was coming up with, you know, uh, band ideas and business ideas and, 
you know, innovations and all of that, mm-hmm. or I was coming up with things to scare the hell out of myself. And I, I needed, um, I needed to learn how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. This relates to what you said about uh, positivity and toxic positivity. A lot of people mm-hmm. are, are allergic to that word positive. You know, we, we say we're positive behavior change mm-hmm. because they associate toxic positivity. Yep. Um, you know, I, I actually, I had some friends, you know, it, it like way back early in the eighties. So yeah, I'm in my early, my, uh, early twenties then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, they're in, uh, 12 step programs for addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have addictions. Uh, I come from a family where if we have our third drink, uh, our eyes get crossed and we don't feel good. So like, yeah. <laughs> we were a real difficult time developing alcoholism or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, but I, I felt like I needed meetings. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I went to some open meetings uh, with, with a couple of my friends who were, who were in AA and like, here were people, I, here I expected to feel sorry for people. And here now I, these, I, I have these people stood up and I was like, these are my gurus. Mm. Like there was one guy stood up and he's like, let me tell you what I did. I made myself a sandwich today. Mm. And I, you know, I gave it my attention and I, yeah, I, I wanted to take care of myself, so I made myself uh, a a really nice sandwich, and I ate it, and I enjoyed it, and mm. I felt good. Mm. And some people will hear this, and they'll they'll think that I'm, you know, feeling cynically about this person, or or mm-hmm. making some kind of joke, or whatever. Right. All I can tell you is, I wanted to follow that guy home. He was probably, you know, sixty six at the time, or whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I felt he had found something, mm-hmm. you know, in life, the ability to take care of himself and do ordinary things and feel good mm-hmm. that I wanted, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. <laughs> striving for something I didn't have, not needing to fix it, mm-hmm. not trying to tamp it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did follow him and I said, would you be my sponsor? And he said, well, you first have to admit you're an alcoholic. And I said, well, I'm not an alcoholic. He said, are you sure? Let me ask you some questions. So he asked me a bunch of questions and he said, well, this is the first for me, but I don't think you're an alcoholic. <laughs> so I, I can't be your sponsor. Right. <laughs> but there is a thing called Emotions Anonymous. So hmm. I actually went my in my 20s. I went to some Emotions Anonymous hmm. uh, meetings. And the first thing you say is I'm powerless over my emotions. But mm. it, it it relates to what you said about toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. So it's so you're not trying to control your emotions. The first step is acceptance. Mm-hmm. So if you feel down, you feel down right now. If, yep. if you feel down on yourself or angry at yourself, that's how you feel right now. Mm-hmm. Emotions change, but emotions that are unaccepted and unacknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, either don't change or they create other negative emotions. We want to be seen Mm -hmm. and we have the ability to see ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I went through that change of being able to accept myself moment to moment, Mm -hmm. more or less better and better. (laughs) And it made a massive difference in my life. I started to meditate. I, you know, I, I started to, I saw other people and I saw that nothing Nothing and no, no, I never met anybody who didn't get better if they could tolerate sticking through the hard parts. Mm-hmm. And I, I did see people who, whenever they got to the same hard part, 
um, disappeared or blew up or went back to a drug or whatever, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest case. Cause you could like, you it, having seen everybody else, you could see, Oh my God, it's it, there. It feels, like, it feels like the crisis, but it's actually, you, right. you're just, it's a, it's a, it's a hump. You can get over right. it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I was like, all right, I learned from that. I realized, okay, it's dark. It is darkest before the dawn when it comes to your own emotions mm-hmm. and adjustment. So, because, so I got that for myself. So that's why, you know, I was like, my first priority, did I want to make money? Yes. Did I want to have a successful agency? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, did I want people to say I did my best work there? Absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, did I want creative respect? Sure. All of, all, I, all of it, but none of it as much as um, feeling authentically myself as I went through the process mm-hmm. and um, participating in that game of being inspired and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and would I sacrifice um, some degree of those other other things, sometimes all, you know, all of those other things and at other times some degree of those other things in order to stay in that zone? Mm-hmm. absolutely because mm-hmm. how much money do you need and how many awards do you need and yep. you know um uh but that's life that's energy mm-hmm. so i wanted it for myself so when i started the agency i just basically said um uh where you know the the mission of the agency is to 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 be inspired mm-hmm. and so to inspire and be inspired that was that was really the mission so we're going to look for inspiring clients doing inspiring things we're going to inspire them and mm-hmm. what I had to bring was this brand response thing, this, you know, yeah. uh, you know, build a business, you know, build a brand to build a business together. Um, and over time with success, we, we realized that success was, was being able to get away with narrowing and narrowing our focus. Mm. So, you know, rather than getting necessarily getting bigger and bigger, right. although, you know, bigger has been nice too but but instead of that we could now we had the power to narrow our focus mm-hmm. um we treated people well we had good references uh we did good work we built nice brands we had successes and case studies and so we could then tighten up and we said well um we care about behavior change for ourselves i actually believe that a lot of change and innovation is driving us crazy mm. so and that made me think um, people, you know, there'll be a boom in businesses and brands and categories that help people keep themselves moving in a positive way and, and mm-hmm. you know, feeling, you know, feeling that they have agency in their own lives, you know, mm-hmm. so to, from from coaching to to apps, I use Fabulous and some other, yep. you know, other apps on here. I try them all. and. Um, I just felt one, there'll be a boom Two, I'll feel really good. I'll learn. So I, and I love this stuff. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm watching Peter Atia and Oh, who's that guy at Stanford? Who's, you know, the, all yeah. those people. Anyway, uh-huh. so I'm doing it anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not out of a sense of desperation, fortunately, because, you know, I feel great. And I, I fortunately I felt great for a long time. I'm not mm-hmm. good now. Yeah, I'm alive, and therefore bad things can happen. But, mm-hmm. but, but, out of 
you know, out of the joy of learning more. And hopefully I get to share it with folks. So we just, we focused in on that. So we look, it's healthy, wealthy, and wise. Um, it's sort of the outcomes of the clients we look for. So we're, we're big in wellness and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and reasonably active in health, um, care and innovation as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sort of empowering self-directed or community-based financial services and innovators Hmm. in financial services and fintech and that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, We've been very in in education in both of those categories and then education. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there's some like edutainment in there too. So, um, so yeah, we're at, which is everything from like, you know, training nurses and doctors, you know, with through ad talum and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, university of new, New Haven to like Wondrium, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it's, ed, you know, it's education, it's entertainment. It's like everything from lectures to, to documentaries and, mm-hmm. um, and on and on, I could go on and on, but, but, but mm-hmm. those are our worlds. Um, and w- what we do is we brand behavior change, we advertise it and we drive it in a measurable way. Those are our three mm. pillars. Mm. Um, we probably do more of one and two, but but our R&D that where we really are working the hardest, not because we want it to be our biggest thing, but because we want to be accountable is mm-hmm. on that last pillar. Yeah. You know, we find often that our clients don't have the measures in place. Mm-hmm. In right. fact, I talk to some clients and they say it doesn't exist yet, but <laughs> Yeah, we don't have the measures in place to really know whether when my campaign works, their business gets better. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's fun to explore, and it's fun to explore to explore with a, a variety of creative people. And you know, last thing that you know that you, yeah, no, they aren't the same as me. You know, yeah. that are bringing something different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I the different perspective that challenges mine, so that you know the output is something I couldn't have done on my own. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's like you—you you come to that place often through time and experience and, and a bit of maturity in the ad business, where you start to really get excited about the things that maybe wouldn't have come just from your own mind. But it's actually the joy comes from all of those interactions and all of that input that comes from all these other people and places that suddenly like create this new thing that you're like, I would have never gotten there. And, and there's so much yeah. joy from that. And I think with the positive behavior change, I mean, I think, you know, in addition to it, like totally making sense in the context of the world feels sort of unsettled and chaotic as technology and all this stuff improves. And, and, and I love technology. And I think I think you're a tech fan, too. But you see the, sure. the challenges and, and the effect it's having on us. And so, yeah, it totally makes sense that there's there's a need for more of this, you know, however it's done. And, and, and for you guys, it's, it's, it's doing it through the lens of, of brands, which um, I think about, you know, connecting that to desuckifying work. And there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind, but I also want to yeah. get your perspective. Like when I think about building brands, I also think you're in parallel building or shaping a culture for that company in terms of the way they work and the way they are. And that surely must have some effect on the people who work there. Um, I think when you make positive behavior change a thing and you invite more and more people into it, there's some growth 
there, right? You're now creating a growth market right. of yes. companies that are doing this and maybe people are observing and going, I want some of that. Um, so there's, there's, you know, you talked about the desuckification for yourself is, is sort of easier because it's contained to some degree, but this is where it starts to open up. I mean, am I hitting on some things that, that connect for you? And is there, is there more to the story? Well, you, yeah, you, 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 you absolutely are, you know, what, yeah, brands are, you know, I, I'm going to go all the way to the back to where you started with technology, just as, just as mm -hmm. a start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a massive enthusiast for, um, for, uh, tech and mm -hmm. innovation. Um, I love change and I, um, am really suspicious of, um, of stasis. I won't say the mm -hmm. status quo because people yeah. are paranoid about the status quo now. And I don't think I'm paranoid, <laughs> Yeah, but stasis, I really, I feel like when you have a market leader, if you don't have challengers, mm -hmm. um, that power is going to corrupt. Yeah. You know, um, there's no other place to go, but the DMV, that's the mm -hmm. problem with the DMV. You yeah. know? Um, and I, you know, I realize that it's hard to solve a problem for everybody. So, you know, I, I also realize that government is not easy mm -hmm. and, you know, um, with, with it's, it's kind of breathtaking. I know a lot of people disagree with this now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of breathtaking how thorough the experiment in freedom is in our, in, in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really is when you really think about, about it, it, and yes, there are limits and there are issues and all of that, but it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty breathtaking. Um, and I really, I do agree with the, with, with the founders of this country, many of whom said that, um, if you don't, have a virtuous and disciplined uh citizenry you mm -hmm. can't have sustainable freedom mm -hmm. so it, what that means is you know if, if you really want to make the most of tech and you want to make the most of a market that's mostly free mm -hmm. um and and a, and a culture where you really get to make choices you need systems at the individual level that's disciplines mm -hmm. you know it, sets and values um you need um you need at company level or organization level um cultures mm -hmm. and you know brands are brands are sort of like signals of culture right they're mm -hmm. uh they're the signposts of culture so people can find them their ways to the to the cultures where that have the things they want to get right yeah. and then and you also need systems at the regulatory and legal and governmental level mm -hmm. you need kinds of systems at all kinds of levels mm -hmm. otherwise freedom becomes chaos and and mm -hmm. um and and that 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 doesn't lead to anything good yeah. um certainly not directly yeah so yeah brands are that um I, there is one one simple the thing is if you if, if you follow a lot of what you i don't think people intend this but if you mm -hmm. follow a lot of the trend of conversation now um people feel often for very good reasons traumatized mm -hmm. um and um trauma when 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 you've experienced trauma and you're you're in a state of post-traumatic stress or disorder or or whatever 
um, uh, change, mo- things trigger fear, mm-hmm. right? Fear state and um, I, you're easily, uh, you're easily triggered. Um, and when you're operating out of a state of fear, um, it is hard or impossible to get access to the states that desuckify work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, no, you're right. Because you, you're operating above the line, you're operating in creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'll go back to what I said before. Now, if I'm not saying deny that if you feel below the line, if you feel mm-hmm. fear, in a sense, the best way to deal with it is 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 to accept it and accept that that's where you happen to be at the moment. You know, maybe mm-hmm. give yourself some love, give yourself some reassurance, or just give yourself the gift of being real with yourself if no one else is, right? Mm-hmm. And just and where I am right now. Um, if you do that, you'll find it changes, right? And then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you then have access to a creative state. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think if we all live in fear and trauma and just try to take the pain out of work, that then the work sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and and when the work sucks, work sucks. Yeah. Because it's still, there's no way, there's no work without suffering. That's why they call it work. That's what mm-hmm. they for. Yeah. So unless something inspiring comes out the other end, work sucks mm-hmm. no matter how you know um you know how how diverse uh open-minded friendly non-bullying mm-hmm. you know uh, no matter no, no matter how non-negative your culture is mm-hmm. I believe in all those non-negatives and i actively pursue all those non-negatives mm-hmm. non-negative is not enough right um, yeah. that's not possible. the experience of excellence and when I hear, I used to just, uh, my whole career, I would ask folks, where's the best place you ever worked and who's the best person you ever worked for? Mm-hmm. And um, I have never heard um, so-and-so was so easy to please. Yeah. And, just, you know, whatever I brought, it was like mm-hmm. thumbs up. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never yeah. heard that. Yeah. I've always heard like... Um, uh that that i wanted what that person had in terms mm-hmm. of the workout that person was tough sometimes mm-hmm. hard to understand challenging mm-hmm. um but wow you know there's a chance of doing the best work of your career and mm-hmm. and yeah we were competent even yeah. though it was crazy that's mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what i so that's hard that's hard that's a hard leader to be because you're not yeah you're not pleading people at every moment. You're challenging mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, so the work can't suck. That's one of the most important things, you know. Yeah, that's, and, I mean, it, no, I'm go going, Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that I don't, I don't just mean, you know, I don't just mean the creative output. I mean, yeah. whatever the work is. Whatever it is, know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point, right? Because, like you said, the suffering will be there, you know, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, right? I mean, you know, what are you willing to suffer through? What are you willing to be tortured by? Um, that's happening. Like to some degree, yeah. there's going to be some level of suffering and torture when you do any kind of work. Um, yeah. If you don't walk away 
with some level of satisfaction, pride, excitement, joy, whatever, inspiration, to use the word you guys were using there, like, yeah, that's when you get a lot of what I think we've been seeing over the last few years is, you know, there's been the trauma and then there's been the the workplace, people trying to maybe work through some of that trauma in the workplace. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why that maybe wasn't a good idea to start with, because like you said, you need to recognize the trauma first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and acknowledge it. But I, but I think, you know, when you think about the idea of, of brands and positive behavior change and, and all the, and on all of the, the freedom experiment, I thought was really interesting of America, like brands in some ways are, are playing a role that is different than they used to because of maybe the decline in some of the cultural institutions around religion and some of those other things, which yeah. I'm not even, I'm not going to judge that as good or bad. Cause I think everybody's going to have their opinion on that. But I think sure. what's clear is there is a need for some cultural institutions to, to provide things like meaning for people to provide things like growth through suffering, uh, all that kind of yeah. stuff to provide inspiration, sure. aspiration. And, and to the extent that brands can play a role in it, I think that's really cool. I think on a broader scale, I think it's, we need all of it in some measure, right? We need some balance of things that help us make sense of all this stuff. Um, when, when you think about the positive behavior change you do on behalf of brands, does that, I imagine it does, but does that apply to, to your brand? And if so, how does that show up in terms of the, the way you, you, you've sort of nurtured your culture at, at your company? Um, it, it, it does. It, it, it does. It has to, um, you know, we, we believe, you know, as soon as the, you know, those words, positive behavior change, you know, leave our mouths. Yeah. Um, we, uh, there's an implied promise in that, you know, mm -hmm. people, uh, and, you know, look, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, when I first started, I don't get much criticism now of it because I think, you know, it's, it's just been there now a long time, but in the beginning, I, I would get some criticism when I first started talking about positive behavior change mm -hmm. and some of it advertising people who, um, you know, were worried about, um, uh, toxic positivity or, mm -hmm. Uh, just didn't like my point of view that we should consider the effect of our work mm -hmm. on people. You yeah. Know, like it's, come on, it's hard enough to make money. Mm -hmm. So now you're telling them to sell lottery tickets, you know, right. um, promoting, you know, uh, gambling, come on, you know, right. uh, yeah. this, this is hard enough. And uh, my job is to be a creative person and shut up. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that's the whole thing about brands i define i define what matters most to me what my values are mm -hmm. and uh and if you want to be in my in my tent uh you, you we can do it together but that doesn't we're not trying to define it for the whole world but we believe in it for ourselves right mm -hmm. and uh and for our community um so there was some of that but some of it also was um this is a boring way to communicate positive behavior. Three, you know, three, you know, uh, dull words and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I had actually a lot of sympathy for that for that criticism because mm -hmm. you know with the clients, I would I would tell a client, don't get to your strategy, 
and assume that that's your advertising and just start communicating it to the world mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. like that's that's a rookie mistake mm-hmm. um, but and 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 i did feel that positive behavior change are to us what authentic athletic performance is to nike so it's a mm-hmm. mantra it should be in the advertising yeah. itself mm-hmm. um, i i you know i i also when i met with the team and realized what what the reality of our situation was um, I, I felt it was the lesser of evils to just get it out in the world, you know, <clears throat> ugly as it was. Yeah. Um, in fact, the willingness to do something unslick might, might, might actually, uh, prove to be a benefit. I thought, uh-huh. you know, yeah. but I just felt we needed a line in the sand, mm-hmm. um, and tell us what else we needed. And what we learned was as soon as we put that line in the sand, one is you better, be able to help your employees and team members with their own positive behavior change. You've mm-hmm. got to care about how you want to grow. You've got yeah. to ask them from the beginning mm-hmm. where you want to get that have growth plans. Yeah. Um, and in a world where you don't necessarily have linear paths because everything's changing, mm-hmm. how do you help people uh, get their, you know, uh, pursue their own positive growth? And you got to care about their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh we do all of that we there are certain things we've we've done to de suck uh work for 27 years we've never had a timesheet mm. never had it um Amen. i just you know it I, I felt um from my experience in other agencies that um you know i might i might be over generalizing for my own behavior but i thought <laughs> timesheets made creative people into liars yep. and i said you don't it's not a nice thing to do to people to mm-hmm. to give them a job and then turn them into a yeah. liar on day one. Yeah. Favorite just said, of fiction yeah. were some of my timesheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the best creative work you've ever done, right? Yeah. Um, so, and then every once in a while, you know, they, the 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 feds come in and they take someone away too, like <laughs> usually the CEO or the CFO. Mm-hmm. But I, I just said I don't want to do that. I, I I think we sell value, we don't sell time, mm-hmm. and um, and we're going to find a way around it. So one, we don't do that. Two, early on, we said. Um, we're a work from anywhere uh work freedom we called it mm, work from nice. anywhere culture mm-hmm. um and you know uh uh it, and and it just was like again not solving the problem for everyone but we're you know we're an entrepreneurial uh independent um you know more than a quarter century old agency in new york not i won't say old uh agency in new york city yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People don't want to move to New York City in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. People would love to work for a real New York City agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the best people everywhere are better than the best people somewhere for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try it. Get ahead mm-hmm. of it. Be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's worked really well. That yes. requires us to be really thoughtful about culture and how we can yeah. Mm-hmm. connections are really important and that's you it's it's you can't do that unconsciously when you're when you're uh work from anywhere we still have an office in new york clients mm-hmm. like an agency with an with an office and and yeah. people also like to go to an agency with an office even if they don't go to the office right now yeah. i get that so we, what, we what do are that you doing well. on the culture front what 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 are you doing to to sort of nurture that that side of the the connectivity uh, wow it's a it's a 
it's really a lot and it's also a lot a lot of it is um is you know is in shift a shift right now as we really think about what's working best and mm -hmm. what isn't first okay. off uh we've got uh you know um i would love to shout out uh kenny thacker uh who is our um our dei catalyst at the agency mm -hmm. uh, catalyst is what he calls himself but catalyst is what he truly is I and mean, he's mm. for me if he didn't know a thing about diversity equity and inclusion mm -hmm. um he would still be on my advisory board as a creative entrepreneur mm. um, and as a social entrepreneur too Oh, he okay. he uh he saw problems um that weren't getting solved mm -hmm. and um he he got people around him um and he just went to so solving those problems mm -hmm. uh, he created organizations for uh for uh you know uh people of color you know uh you know really for the whole spectrum of diversity in in new york city mm -hmm. um he created training uh and you know to to get people into the industry and introduced to the industry that mm. weren't being invited and yeah. didn't know anybody mm -hmm. um and so um so we we have a whole um uh you know basically menu of experiences and all of that that goes on through throughout the year that uh kenny curates with a with an internal uh, yes. uh dei team including jennifer simotis who, who mm -hmm. heads our uh, talent yeah. uh at the agency so mm -hmm. uh, i i think that's real i think that's really uh it's really important i don't you know i think a lot of people think, think of uh of diversity equity and inclusion sort of as a as a duty and i don't argue that they shouldn't um, yeah. and i don't argue that i get what don't. you're saying though yeah um but but i don't think I, I I think that 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 comes out from a from that below the line sense of fear and lack, mm. and, and again you can say all right this is true we have lacks we could do better we mm -hmm. you know we have things to atone for blah blah, blah. all I mean mm -hmm. but don't stop there right um you know to true diversity um is is how creativity happens. Mm -hmm. it's it's in the disconnects that the opportunities are created yep. um you know that's it's it's a kind of is is diversity suffering actually i'm gonna i mean this may not be popular it is mm. uh it, it is it, it it is if it's really working if people aren't code switching if they're actually you know if they're actually bringing being, being authentic know, yeah they're either be authentic bringing their you know their yeah. their their true point of view to the table and if they can there there will be misunderstandings there'll be gaps there'll be clashes mm -hmm. yeah. um and but i mean that's 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 where great things that's the good stuff cauldron, right yeah that's the cauldron so that's yeah. just one thing i mean we have educational things we've got we everybody has a growth plan mm -hmm. um we've only we've only just rolled out growth plan 2.0 um i had a great internal team kind of working on that uh i've got like this place is piled with books positive leadership great nice. um sort of simple uh approach but all at, at comes out of university of chicago kim cameron mm -hmm. um 
the the nimble uh, company, uh, mm-hmm. David, uh, Dr. David Gruder, Mark Smith, Tony mm-hmm. Bodo, and I uh, were are all sort of part of this think tank consultancy that that mm-hmm. does mobility. Um, you know, obviously, I, I have my my day job. So, but <laughs> but David and uh, Mark actually wrote two books: oh, nice. uh, the Nimble Company and the Nimble C Suite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of that, and then we we, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the newest thing is a recommitment to if you are not driving your own um, learning and growth, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've so that there's just that challenge, like mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's fine. So people can be incurious, but not at our place. That's right. Yeah. You know, you can you can just decide to hate AI, for example, and and that you want no part of it, mm-hmm. uh, but not here. Yeah, like here, you can you can acknowledge all the negatives and mm-hmm. and all. The, and and you can acknowledge any of the positives you want, but we will play. We're creative right. people. We play. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's where we are. If you want to learn about that, you want to learn about, um, you know, uh, an aspect of positive behavior change. You want to learn about a category. Mm-hmm. Um, you want better, you know, at some kerning, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever yeah. it is, you know, yep. it's craft, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, understand a target audience better. There's just so much to learn. So we basically, I, you know, we basically looked at each other as leaders and said, "It's not our job to spoon feed." Mm-hmm. Um, yes, programs. It's our job to create a culture where um, our people's enthusiasm for learning isn't suckified by being, you know, yeah. by, by by being blocked every mm-hmm. step of the way. They learn something. Yeah. They talk about what they learn, and no one cares. That, mm-hmm. That's a suckifying moment. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. hey, why don't we try? And everyone's like, no, let me tell no. you what to do. Yeah. That's a suckifying moment. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I really want to take this course. Will you help me with this financially? And if we can, the answer should be yes, because we yeah. want to encourage the value. Mm-hmm. So it's more like set a standard. Tell them, tell them this is. This is what this it means to be in this culture. The rule is you're a learner. Mm-hmm. You've got to have an agenda for yourself. And we're not going to tell you what it has to be. Yeah. Um, we'll tell you how relevant it is to mm-hmm. what you want to achieve here in, in our opinion. Right. Sure. But you know, it's your enthusiasm that guides you. Mm. Um and uh yeah, so that's where we are right now. No, I, I love I hope, it. I hope that people like see and hear a 61 year old with the enthusiasm of a kid about yeah. this stuff that's you know i think that's that's how i experience my myself i'm i'm so uh, you know on fire about this stuff and that's it i want to stay alive in this business i want to help other people do it too that's yeah. that's really yeah, it comes through loud and clear mark and i think there's a couple things in what you just said that were particularly interesting one i i think you have a very clearly defined culture, you know, that, and I think you like you, you can do that, whether you work in an office, you, you work from anywhere, I think, but you've clearly defined it. You know, you talk about, you have to be a learner, you show up here, you have to be curious. Um, I think that's actually, that's what people are craving. I think when people walk into the doors, virtual or not of a, of a company, and they don't get that, 
that's when people flounder. That's when people feel this sense of isolation and loneliness and hopelessness and nihilism on the extreme. Cause it's like, I would much rather walk in the doors and I've had this happen, walk in the door where it's a very clearly defined culture. And I just go, Nope, not for me. And I walk back out, but I'm grateful because you told yes. me who you were yes. and I recognized it wasn't yes. for me. And then you walk into the next place and you're like, that's it. You're my team because yeah. you defined something. And that, that is such a gift. I think for anybody who's running a business to, to, to bring that to bear, I think this, this thread of entrepreneurship seems to come through loud and clear in what you guys are doing. Um, and I think to, to your point of the book, Nimble, it, it, it rang a bell for me there of that's the world we're in. We're in a world yeah. where we have to yeah. be nimble. And I think you have to embrace some kind of spirit of entrepreneurship for yourself, whether you're going to be a, a happy worker bee your whole life. To your point, you've got to own that career. You've got to make the choices and figure out where you're most curious and go after it. That spirit is needed no matter where you fall on any kind of org chart or whether you're running a business or, or just, you know, fill in one box on a giant org chart. If you don't have that, I think that's where the suffering without the, the release of the joy and the inspiration comes from. Um, so I think that message that that sort of was just dripped in all along from this conversation uh i hope people feel that and recognize that there's a lot to be said for for embracing that entrepreneur's mindset whether you want to start any kind of business or not wow it's, it would be hard for me to improve improve on what you just said and certainly in terms of of expressing my values too mm -hmm. you know where we are I do. I feel like this, the spirit of invention I talked about in these, the spirit of, of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. it is we, we, we can make choices in life, but we're born into contexts mm -hmm. and there are, and there are limitations to, yeah. you know, free that. as we are, there are limitations and some, some prices are just too high. Like mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, I've got family here. I'm not going to move to some ideal place that I don't even know exists, but yeah. I'm not going to Monaco, you know, mm -hmm. um, I li I live here and, um, you know, sometimes we blame ourselves for the problems that the context we're in just gives us, mm -hmm. you know, there are people in Hollywood, like the studios are, you know, they're in a battle right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm, there have definitely been evil people in Hollywood. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there, there, there have probably been some saints too, mm -hmm. but most of the people there are people trying to achieve their dream, whatever mm -hmm. it is. I yeah. want to make a movie and not go bankrupt. And no one mm -hmm. knows really anything about how to make a successful movie. Yeah. Um, I want to get it funded and I want to get it made or I'm a writer and I want to make a living and I want to produce good work. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the conflict they're in, it's, it's a symptom of the system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it, it just is. So mm -hmm. you have to kind of walk through, it's a suffering that goes with, I do think, you know, I just, last thing I'll leave you with. Yeah. So shock redemption, everyone's seen it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in the Shawshank Re Redemption, there's a lot to say about that. I won't say a lot, 
the the nightmare is to become an institutional man right mm-hmm. that's that's, uh, that's i forget the name of of um the character who says that but i mm-hmm. i think i'm an institutional man and, yeah. you know become institutionalized um and in the end you know our hero um he he swims through a mile of shit and, and escapes the institution mm-hmm. um and then he is no longer in an institution of any kind he mm-hmm. is on dream coast with his own boat yeah and you know at the very end they give you that he has a friendship mm-hmm. uh, but that's it that's the institution he's in um my belief about human beings is that we're social animals and mm-hmm. that we achieve most of us uh, you know except for saints and madmen we achieve our our fulfillment and potential through commitment to institutions mm. some of which we're born into and mm-hmm. we just don't leave and yeah. others that we, we freely choose mm-hmm. um and you know there are no perfect institutions and mm-hmm. uh, you know there 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 are all different levels but i we institutions are just systems that we choose um uh, you know uh to be together in and with in order yeah. to get things done you know and mm-hmm. it's i mean there's all kinds of things to be said about that but but yeah i think so i think some of the pain we get just goes with these institutions that we're part of they're all like sandwiched in each other and, yeah. but this is why though if you're in an if you're in a business context if you're mm-hmm. in an entrepreneur world which is like this intersection of a mostly free market and and mm-hmm. all of that and you can't access that mindset that you're kind of flying blind mm-hmm. um and yeah. don't fly blind you know because yeah. i because i want you to get where you're going to go even if all you want to do is write novels yeah like you need to know your numbers you have mm-hmm. to yeah you know, so that you so that you can make time to write if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do you got to yeah. know your numbers yeah no i mean just i think it's just being sort of relentlessly curious uh and trying to understand the world of which in you're operating and how best you can yeah. operate within it right and i think speaking of the world we're operating in and this desuckifying work i think i know the answer based on on your 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 persona in general and what you've said but are are you optimistic about the state of work and where we can take it um yeah yeah you know it's funny I, I was i was brainstorming with myself either yesterday or the day before mm-hmm. uh uh because i i i'm frankly paranoid about uh, because i'm positive in my in my public persona i'm, I'm very mm-hmm. paranoid about this whole perception of toxic positivity mm-hmm. that that it could steer the culture wrong people might yeah. get the wrong idea I care more about the culture than the perception, but it could steer the perception wrong. But I'm more concerned with the internal culture because that toxic positivity will not work. We have yeah. to we have to be realists first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I need a word better than optimist because mm-hmm. the optimist um, has means too many things. It's ambiguous. Optimist mm-hmm. means I expect things to get better. Yeah. An optimist can also mean I will work to optimize things. Yeah. And I'm yeah. the second kind of optimist. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I studied like, you know, Holocaust. I studied, I studied, um, 
political science. And I was really interested in how bad things could get. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by the Soviet Union. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, they created enormous amounts of upward mobility by running people over with cars and and then smashing them over the head with a shovel in case they weren't already dead. I mean, we're talking, we're talking tens of millions. Right. Uh, so uh and then the gulags and all of that so things can get very very bad mm-hmm. and i don't hide that for myself it actually yeah. creates a lot of energy and meaning to creating you know to solving problems and creating mm-hmm. more positive right. institutions right um mm-hmm. so you know i'm a i'm a i'm a realist who works at optimizing every day yeah no i love that i mean i think there's a phrase that used to use and I, I still occasionally uh, just an active optimist or active optimism which yeah, is kind of what yeah. it, that you were activist. That, yeah i mean you're <laughs> you are you, you know it is not the uh sit back and watch the world get better kind of optimism because that yeah. to me is, is just foolishness to be honest with you because as as many examples that you've started to bring up from you know our history as human beings it shows if you just sit back and wait human nature can go to some pretty ugly places. But if you step in and say, I'm going to try to be a part of moving us in a better direction, one, you, you now have a reason to hope, you know? Yes. And two, yes. that, that hope is often well-founded because history is also riddled with lots of stories of people banding together and forming institutions that helped improve our lot as human beings. So I think I think you're, yes. you're on to well something said. when you talk about that, that realistic kind of optimism. Um, and when you do it, while you're doing it, for mm-hmm. the most part, I mean, if you're not being imprisoned or you know executed or whatever, for mm-hmm. the most part, while you're doing it, you're living within this island of hope mm-hmm. because you're acting out hope, and you're yeah. you know, it, you're in Mister Rogers, uh, you know, uh, 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 words uh, paraphrased. You you are that person in the picture who's helping. So you're living mm-hmm. in that island island of hope. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, my short answer to your question is is I don't know if I'm optimistic that we will will things mm-hmm. get better before they get worse with with the with the big old we. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I just yeah. I, I I neither I I can't come down on one side or another. I do know that everyone like you and like me, who who is excited about working on making it better, needs to. <laughs> every one of us is needed yeah look if we overdo it that's the least of our problems yeah, could be worse <laughs> yeah well i mean i think when you think about everybody collectively hopefully working towards this project and it what would it look like to you if we if we did kind of wave the magic wand and it it was a desuckified world of work um I mean, I think some of the things you talked about in terms of what you're building with your own company and some of the things you're thinking about from positive change seem like they connect here. But is there is there anything else that comes to mind when you think about this fully desuckified work world? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I I think um, you know, uh, it's it takes it takes courage, um, mm-hmm. and it also takes. Um, it takes another kind of suffering, mm. which is the willingness to see your own failings and limitations mm. as a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean wallow in them. And I don't mean, yeah. you know, because I think that 
it's not it's actually not humility when you think you're the most important thing in the world and therefore your failings are are, right. are so important mm-hmm. but and but i think it's actually the, that lack of humility that keeps people from looking at their own failings like none of us is the perfect leader we've never mm-hmm. had you know uh you know outside of you know uh, deities people may believe you know believe mm-hmm. in or not but we've we never you know no human being mm-hmm. um was ever the perfect leader Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to see where we're where we're coming up short mm-hmm. in order to step up where we need to. Yeah, people, you know, I can say I want to have a really positive environment. There, there were times in, in my agency's history where we were on a beautiful path to um, to you know our inspiring action and, and positive behavior change. Um, and then we got ourselves a couple of clients that were running um, uh, cultures that didn't that didn't align. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, I at the I, you know, in the beginning of those relationships, and and for too long, for months, you mm-hmm. know, I was caught, and my other leaders and I were caught between our job is to give the client a great experience and to please them. And is there a way that we can address these things without, you know, undermining the, you know, the client relationship and the money that's paying for people because we could be courageous and then the client goes away and then the money goes away and then we yeah. fire the people. That's not very positive. Yeah. And, you know, um, ultimately, you know, I, at that point, I look at myself and basically say, um, it is never too early to be clear about what your values are mm-hmm. and to uh to negotiate for your people um the experience that you've promised them mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's never too early mm-hmm. no matter what the fallout is it's yeah. never it's never too early to do that and the truth is the delay and being over sophisticated and too you know, too nice or any of those things. Mm-hmm. They it's just a tangled web. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, I had to test myself by resigning those clients. Actually, mm-hmm. some of those clients are now my my closest friends because mm-hmm. they're like, God, somebody said it. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here in two months. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what no, I got. That's... So I was like, wait a second. Like, yeah, this wasn't just the, us. It's the beauty of 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 being able to be honest and forthright, though, because you're probably on both sides going like, I can't say it because I don't want to hurt. Like you said, being too nice about it. What? And then it's like, you say it and suddenly it's like, yeah, this is clearly the best thing for everybody. Um, and then you yeah. can still actually be friends with them because it's now that relationship, the context is very different yeah. and, and you can operate through that context rather than this sort of mismatched sort of company values context, which is never going to go to a good place probably. Yeah. You've, you've, are they, actually experienced you as somebody who put something above money <laughs> mm, exactly <laughs> you know? yeah so yeah. you know that may be a rare experience and mm-hmm. uh, you know in I think it is. <laughs> yeah no i think it definitely is and i think what what i get from from your your answer here to that question is ultimately there really is no fully desuckified work world it's more like let's just keep pointing in that general direction yeah, and it's going to be a bumpy ride and it's going to have a lot of suffering and pain. But if we keep doing it, the, the general trend 
will be upwards, but never approaching perfection, which is perfectly fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think just, I, it's funny because that's exactly what I thought coming in. Desuckify is like disinfect. And it's mm-hmm. not like, hey, we did it so we can get rid of that leftover yeah. disinfect. We don't right. ever have to do that again. No, no, no. The hospital uh, is permanently it is, disinfected. It is a, it is a process. Yeah. You got to be scrubbing bubbles every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. You know, the, the, the suck will creep, the suck will creep back in. If it doesn't come from the inside, it comes from the outside. Yeah. And yeah, you see it, except we're human. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, that's a form of suck too. Like people, yeah. people have to be perfect. That's a form of suck because we're people. We're not perfect. Yeah. Um, but we have to learn mm-hmm. and, and your ego can't be more important than the truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I love that. Well, one, one last question I'd like to ask everybody, which is kind of a silly one, but if you're game, I'd love to have you add to the growing desuckified sound effect library. So I don't know if you've listened yeah. to anything, but I, I, I have cat sound effects. I love playing around with stuff and everybody's, you know, done something silly, maybe something that you've done with your kids or with one of your pets or just whatever. So do you have any kind of fun, sound effect you can give us that will find its way into this into this release podcast release somehow well yes and i hope i hope this is a this is an original um <laughs> if not i would be i love sound effect. in fact i the whole other life early on i i even did sound effects before oh, I nice. got into advertising proper very we cool but mm. um but um it's this is something that's very useful when somebody says or does something that threatens to suckify a situation mm-hmm. like for example um and sometimes these are good words but in some situations when you're really onto something inspiring someone says well why don't we just mm. or you know coke did so and so so why don't we you know just uh-huh. or i don't know if that's a best practice or whatever mm-hmm. and so i think everyone should have this sound effect ready which is wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right wah, wah, wah. it's just the sound of it's the sound of of uh, bringing the room down <laughs> bringing the room down the air going out of the balloon you know? yeah wah, oh wah, wah. and then yeah. let's move past that moment i think you know? we've all felt that even if we didn't literally hear it we all felt it in our bones at times when somebody did say something like oh we can't we we couldn't do that or you know we shouldn't do that because or best practices blah 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 so i love that mark i think i think that is the uh the sound we're trying to diminish as much as possible with this desuckifying effort and 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 it's never going to go away but um inspire people to to think beyond what might create that sound and try to create a a more hopeful sound well you uh, you you've earned you've earned the sound that's probably the sound that comes out of my mouth the most uh woohoo <laughs> i love that <laughs> that's 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 the post desuckifying sound yeah woo-hoo. no yeah, I like that. Says, let's go for it woohoo i i feel you know? uh, wow that's old let's should we show that to the client yes woohoo i like yeah. it and i feel uh i feel gratitude for for getting that sound effect out of you mark so so thank you um i think uh this was a really fun conversation mark and i appreciate you coming on we we probably went a little longer than we thought we might at the beginning, but that's not so surprising. Uh, no, we both like to chat about this stuff. But uh, before I go, just if there's any place that people can can find you, what's the best way for people to know what what you're up to? 
M-A-R-K-D-I, capital M-A-S-S-I-M-O, Mark DeMassimo on LinkedIn. Um, you know, if you reach out to me and you want to uh, connect and uh, and you you seem like a real person and not a not a scammer and my, mm-hmm. my uh, standards are pretty low, uh, <laughs> I will connect with you. You can follow nice. me, you can connect with me. I, li- I love, uh, I'm a pretty broad uh Broad connector on LinkedIn because, you, as you can tell, I love as as you do. I love different perspectives. Absolutely, I love to be connected to people who where I don't know what I can learn from them yet. You know, mm-hmm. so absolutely, it's probably the best place. Digobrands.com, D-I-G-O-B-R-A-N-D-S.com. If you want to check it out, cool. the agency. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, awesome, Mark. Well, I think uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be checking you out because. Uh, I can I can reassure everybody that you're a good follow. You're you're a wonderful person to follow. Uh, you put a lot of good stuff out there that makes me think in ways that I haven't necessarily thought. So uh, you give as good as the stuff that you're looking to get. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I've I've loved seeing uh, your evolution. And I feel like you're you, you as you become more and more yourself here in the world, you just deliver more and more value. So uh, this has awesome. been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye forward to it. Thanks everyone for checking out the Desuckify Work podcast. And thanks to Mark for being an energetic and provocative guest. You can follow Mark and Digo Brands on LinkedIn and check out their site at digobrands.com. That's three easy ways to make positive change in your life right now. Bye everyone.